When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? And how can you enjoy your week without the Decibel Geek? Well, it's that time right now. Rejoice. We're back. Rock and roll. I'm Aaron Camaro. That's Chris Sinzak. What's up, man? I always thought it was, how can you have, how can you get any pussy if you don't beat your meat? Wait, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) It all makes sense now. Today is going to be crazy. It's a little outside the box, but I think you guys are going to dig what we're doing here. Well, it's a, as we did with Iron Maiden, it's one of those bands that's an icon of rock. It's like, well, we have to do something about them, right? Right. It's also kind of like we did with the Beatles, where we did the heavier side, yep. and we said, you know, here's a band, hard rockers and, and metalheads, maybe not necessarily somebody they say, I love the Beatles, or they got the Beatles patch on there along with the Iron Maiden and the Slayer. You know, it usually doesn't work the that Beatles way. rock, man. Totally. And But we proved it. We proved that that's right. They do rock. And so today, we're going to prove that Pink Floyd rocks. That's right. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So, we've had uh, quite a bit of good response for last week's episode. Am I right? Yeah. The uh, people seem to really like the Queens of Noise Volume 2 that we did. And uh, got a lot of good response. And, of course, got a lot of, how could you not play this band and this band? That means we have to do a Volume 3 one of these I was going to say, was it because we already played them in the first one? Uh, that was your list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but it's always great to know we got a lot of support out there. We love it when people go to our Facebook page and check us out there, get involved in the conversation. That's the place to do it. That's where everybody's giving us a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can get in on that action. You know, and, and really the nerve center of it all, the mothership is decibelgeek.com, you know, and that's where you're going to find that this is so much more than just a podcast. You know, it's, you know, just cutting ourselves a little slack here, but it is a whole lot more than just a podcast. We've got writers, top-notch writers, people getting the sweetest interviews on the entire planet. They're all over the place. 
We can't be everywhere at once. You can't be everywhere at once. But these guys are out there, and they're sending back the word, and the word is good. There's all kinds of great bands playing out there, bands that you're going to find out that you may have never heard of before, but DecibelGeek.com is going to introduce you to it. DecibelGeek.com is going to keep you up to date with what hard rock and heavy metal albums are on the horizon, what bands are coming out with new releases very soon, all that information's there, and just all kinds of fun stuff. Hey, if you want a Decibel Geek t-shirt, that's the place to do it. Another good way to get you a t-shirt and a whole lot more than that is to sign up to become a Decibel Geek VIP. But we'll tell you a little bit more about that later on because right now I'm betting you're probably listening to us on iTunes. And a great way you can help us out, we got to hook up the iWeege and let them know. <laughs> <laughs> have we got any word on that yet? Have, they, have we been sued any cease and desist? Any? Not yet. All right, then the plan with the iWeege goes ahead. So here's one I for you. I thought I saw a turtleneck floating around my house, but it <laughs> I'm not going to pay attention to that. <laughs> Here's one for you, Steve Jobs. It's an awesome iTunes review, five stars, entitled Fun, Fun, Fun. And it comes from Thomas Mukaji, I think, from Austria. That's awesome. I love it when we get people from halfway across the globe checking us out. And his review says, I love this show. Kiss Geeks, Chris and Aaron discuss all things hard rock and metal and provide endless hours of fun, laughter, and great information. Thank you very much, my friends. He's our friend. You know it. Thomas in Austria, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us an iTunes review. You're okay. helping the up the, the big shots up there, the guys in the suits and ties. You're helping them recognize rock and roll and recognize the Decibel Geek podcast. And also, yeah. we, we have a big announcement to make this week. We do? We do. What is it? Decibel, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Decibel Geek is now an official sponsor for the upcoming Ride for Dime Nashville show. Oh, that big news. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, the VIPs already knew about they that. They knew ahead of time. Those VIPs, they always get the inside information. So let me give you guys a little bit of info on this because it's going to be really cool. And if you're anywhere near Nashville or you want to take a nice trip to come down to hang out with Aaron and I and see some awesome bands play. We want you to come party with us. And here is a really cool thing about it. There is a, there's a contest going on at the Ride for Dime Nashville page. Now here's how it works. You purchase your tickets for Ride for Dime Nashville, and I'll put the link to all this in the show notes. The Ride for Dime Nashville show this year features Slaughter, The Big Rock Show, oh, yeah. Wireless Soul, the fucking Pantera cover band. Oh, they're awesome. And they are awesome. We saw them last year. And advance tickets are $20. And if, if you just buy the $20 ticket now as an advance purchase, between now and September 20th, you are entered into the Rockstar for a Day contest with Slaughter and Dean Guitars. And there's a $120 VIP package includes a meet and greet, photo op, autographed event poster, custom t-shirt, VIP laminate, VIP gift bag from the sponsors. We'll have something in there too. And uh, it's all the proceeds from everything they make on this show goes to rock against ms and proverbs 1210 animal rescue heck yeah you know you get you what you get for you is a great night of rock and roll but at the same time you're giving to something good you know helping out with these great causes and you get to come hang out with us we'll take our pictures with you for free oh yeah heck yeah, yeah. but you get involved in those contests you could be partying like a rock star with right. slaughter and the big rock show we know those guys like to party yep just go to the show notes on decibelgeek.com and uh you'll check you'll get all the details on that and our good friend chadley and we're, you're going to be Hearing a lot about this show until it happens. So get yeah. used to it. Oh, we're stoked <laughs> so for it. We're so we're, happy. We're happy to be sponsors and be really part of the team. Really happy. Okay, so uh, last thing, business. Uh, well, I guess uh, hopefully this list you're about to read is the people that are going to be at this show in October. That with would us. be awesome. Oh, that'd be fantastic. 
fantastic. So Geeks of the Week this week, these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's Queens of Noise Volume 2 episode. This week's Geeks of the Week are Matt Ashcraft, Miguel Nunez, Dave Shirt, Steve True, David Glenn, Rob Webb, Sherry Ferguson, Mark Alden-Taylor, Scott Harding, Michael Bartley, Chad Pollock, Paul Korn, Billy Hardaway, Gino Ames, Warren Money, Danny Lewis Kukler, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Brad Kalmanson, Scott Ollinger, Greg McGlone, Andrew Jacobs, Ian Wadley, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Bacoli, Baco, Brant Cattell, Wayne Cross, James Brendan Dunn, Derek Novak, Mikhail Burrell, Adam Cox, Hoops, Colin Francis, JMO Town Drummer, Ernesto Aguiar, Wayne Henderson, Music Mags and Wax, The Mooger Fuger, and Ken Chase. Those are my kind of people right there. So today, if you're still with us, if you haven't run like hell, if you're, <laughs> why are you running away? Don't do that. Stick around with us. You guys survived way back when when we did the heavier side of the Beatles. Yeah, that was you fun. did, and that was fun, and you guys enjoyed it. And I think you were a little skeptical of, at first on it, but we pulled it off for you. So today we're back again, and we're introducing to you the heavier side of Pink Floyd. This we're up for a challenge this time. This is a challenge for us for sure because Pink Floyd not really so much of a decibel geek band. As a matter of fact, I think the only time we've ever played anything remotely close to Pink Floyd was when we did the played the cover that Kitty did of right. Run Like Hell, which is an amazing cover. You know that song is so rockable. Yeah. So let's do a little bit of a history lesson on Pink Floyd before we get into the song picks. Because Pink Floyd, you know, whether you love them or you hate them, you got to admit they're a very important band and they've done a lot. So they were founded in 1965 by students Sid Barrett, Nick Mason, Roger Waters, and Richard Wright. Gained popularity performing in London's underground music scene during the late 60s and under Sid Barrett's leadership released two charting singles and a successful debut album called The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And also did a lot of acid. A lot of acid. That was in 1967. Then David Gilmore joins as a fifth member in December of that year. Sid Barrett leaves the band in April of 68 due to deteriorating mental health, and that continued until his death. Yeah, that's a nice way of saying he went insane. He really did. Um, Roger Waters becomes the band's primary lyricist, and by the mid-'70s, their dominant songwriter, devising the concepts behind their critically and commercially successful albums. Ones that you know. Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals, The Wall, and The Final Cut in 83. The Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall become two of the best-selling albums of all time. We'll, oh, talk, we'll talk about both of those later. Um, Wright leaves the band in 1979, followed by Waters in 85. Uh, David Gilmore and Nick Mason continue as Pink Floyd. Wright rejoins them as a session musician and later a band member. The three produced two more albums. Yeah, we'll talk more about that, too. Um, a Momentary Lapse of Reason and The Division Bell. Tours and, and they tour until 94. And then after nearly two decades of acrimony, they reunite with Roger Waters in 20, 2005 for a performance at the Global Awareness event, Live 8. But Gilmore and Waters have since stated they have no plans to reunite as a band again. They really don't like each other. They really don't. There's um, good reasons for it. Yeah, a lot of them. And uh, Sid Barrett dies in 2006 and Wright in 2008. Uh, the final Pink Floyd studio album, The Endless River, recorded without Roger Waters and based on material recorded between 93 and 94, was released in November of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, Pink Floyd were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996 and the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2005. By 2013, the band had sold more than 250 million albums worldwide. Everybody loves Pink Floyd. Including 75 million certified units in the U.S. So uh, an amazing history. Um, So somebody's going to really dig this today. I think a lot of people will. And I got to to see them live uh, back on the Division Bell Tour. Yeah, Uh, nice. Incredible show. Um, Worth seeing. Sadly, I don't think there will be another album or another tour. I think they are officially done now. Yeah. 
So the Endless River, I think, is the wrap-up, and I was not a fan of that. No. I don't think you'll hear anything from Endless River. No, absolutely not. No way, no how. We're going to stick more because to early Because today, days. yeah, we're, if you're going to do the heavier side of Pink Floyd, you'll find nothing on that latest album that's going to qualify. However, you will find some pretty cool stuff. And I'm going to kick it off today with a song that I think if I played this for you and you didn't know that it was Pink Floyd or that what we were doing here today, and I just said, hey, I'm going to play a song for you guys, and you guys let me know what you think of it, and when it's done, you know, tell me who you think it was. I don't think you'd get it. I really don't. So here's a test for you. This one came out in 1972 off the album Obscured by Clouds, and this one's called The Gold. It's in the... Crazy name for a song, huh? It the is. gold, it's in the. It's a strange period. That song reminds me of like an early Kiss song, almost, almost like yeah. a All the Way or a, you know something like Mainline, something like that. It's got that that upbeat tempo. It's it reminds me of like an early Gene Simmons Kiss song. Yeah, and um, I will full disclosure here. Um, we're both friends with Gary Schaller from Podkiss, and if you know Gary, Gary is a massive Pink Floyd fan. 
and loves every part of their history. So I, when Aaron came up with this idea, I was like, oh, I know exactly who I can go to to get some suggestions. And that song was one of his suggestions. Yeah. And also my first two picks are ones that he had suggested also. Okay, cool. So what do you got? So my first pick, the first two picks are from the same album. And the, what it is, is it was their third studio album released June 13th in 1969. On August 9th, 1969, it's released in the U.S. as the original motion picture soundtrack for the film More. Yeah, they used to do like soundtracks back then as albums. It's weird. Right. And uh, the film More was made in Luxembourg in 1969. This is Pink Floyd's first full album without Sid Barrett singing mm. for them. And um, he had been ousted from the group in early 1968 during the recording of A Saucer Full of Secrets. It's one of the three Pink Floyd albums to feature David Gilmour as the sole lead vocalist. And so off of the original motion picture soundtrack from Moore in 1969, this is Pink Floyd with a Biza bar.
see, that's another one right there with those heavy ass Sounds guitars in there. You would never, like you would never guess it's that was almost, Pink Floyd. I'd almost put that up there with like the MC5 or something. It's, yeah, it's that's pretty dang rock. cool. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, interesting without the. And I listened to a Saucer Full of Secrets, and you know, I was kind of wanting to pick something off of there, but it's just yeah. a little too odd. Yeah, the Sid Barrett stuff's kind of strange. Yeah, it's kind of like the early Alice Cooper stuff. It's like it's just experimental more than right. Anything. Yeah, avant garde. Yeah, you know how much we love the avant garde around here. <laughs> we don't. So with this one, my next pick, I'm gonna jump ahead quite a ways from that, and this is comes out when uh, when Roger Waters left the band, you know, and he assumed that Pink Floyd was gonna break up at that time, yeah. but David Gilmour decided that he was gonna continue on and began work on. On the a momentary lapse of reason album, and this is while he's working on that. This all amidst a huge legal battle over the Pink Floyd name. Yep, you know, so it's a pretty big deal. Now, at the time, pretty much everyone sides with Gilmore because they know there's more money in the Pink Floyd sure. name. Because Roy Rogers had released solo album, Gilmore had released some solo stuff. They all pretty much did, and none of it did as good as. Pink Floyd together. No, that that's, name had real cash. That's the key. Yeah, it sure did. And so, you know, the other guys, they Mason Wright, even Bob Ezrin sides with Gilmore. Now, legally, Richard Wright could not even be involved as an official member of Pink Floyd. You alluded to that at the top of the show mm-hmm. because of the legality stuff going on. So Gilmore hires him as a studio musician. Right. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, Gilmore hires a bunch of different people to play on the uh, A Momentary Lapse for a Reason album, including Carbon Apathy. Really? Yeah, who plays on this one? You know, it's weird, but I like it. You know, saxophones and all, but man, the guitar solo on this song is just mind-blowing. I think David Gilmore sometimes gets left out of that discussion. And if you really listen to some of this Pink Floyd music that has these awesome guitar solos on it, you can't deny it. And listening to this one will prove it to you. So like I said, from a momentary lapse of reason in 1987, this is Roger Waters' list, Pink Floyd, and this one's called The Dogs of War. Be disowned. A curse is 
Pretty awesome. I, I love that song, and I was mad at you for picking it before. That's heavy. <laughs> that's pretty heavy. You're talking the heavier side of Pink Floyd. That That's yeah. pretty heavy right there. One of the more soulful Pink Floyd tunes. Yeah. So CBS Records, they didn't even like a Momentary Lapse of Reason because they didn't think it sounded anything like Pink Floyd. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it didn't have Roger Waters on it. Of course, it ain't going to sound like the Pink Floyd but, previous to it. Yeah, but that album has a great vibe to it. Yeah. You know, they were cool with it. Once it old outsold the last album with Roger Waters, yeah, then they were all, oh, hey, this is great. You guys keep doing what you're doing. It was a real comeback for them. I, yeah. I remember Pink Floyd being in the news again, and it was a big deal that they'd come back with that record. That was one of the make or break albums right yeah. there because you know he could have went in and fell flat well, on his ass, and you know then they would said Roger Waters would have said, you know, see, I told you, yeah. you know, you can't do it without well, me. I mean, like learning to fly, we would not make the list for this show. But as a Pink Floyd song, I think it's one of the best things they ever yeah, wrote. It's an amazing sure. song. Yeah, it is. You listen to that song and it just kind of takes you to a to another place. You know, that kind of takes me to a thought that David Gilmore must be the kind of guy when you put it in his face and say you can't do he's it. He's like, well, watch me. He's gonna be like, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, him and Waters, man. There's no love lost there between those two. No, a uh-uh. lot of ego in that one for sure. Um, so, all right, as I mentioned before, my second song is from the same album in 1969. The original motion picture soundtrack for more. I have to watch this more movie now so I yeah. can find out what it all means. It must be good if the soundtrack is this good, then it, the movie's got to be great, right? Yeah, I, you would think. I've never heard of any of these movies that they did soundtracks for back in the day. That's, it's, you, maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. Probably because they're also avant-garde. Possibly. <laughs> but if you want all the facts for that movie, just um, rewind about seven minutes and you'll get to hear them all over again. But from that soundtrack from 1969, this is the Nile song.
See, now that's Pink Floyd heavy metal right there. Yeah, that's, as heavy, that's as metal Jeez. sounding as you'll ever hear from Pink Floyd. Listen to that guy's voice. He's like growling <laughs> and stuff. I guess, you know, that's where you know that like Death Angel and bands like that got their influence Maybe. from. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll give, uh, yeah, I have to thank Gary Schaller for that. I, otherwise, I'd never heard of this soundtrack or any of these songs before he told me. Yeah, that's so. cool. See, we're all learning something here together today. All right, and that brings me up to... Mm, this is interesting. This is probably my favorite Pink Floyd song. Um, the original working title of 1983's The Final Cut was called Spare Bricks because uh, it was planned to be a companion piece, kind of a soundtrack to The Wall, featuring music that appeared in the film but not in the al- on the album and also unused songs from The Wall and a few new tracks to be written to, to tie in with it. In the end, the final cut title is very appropriate because it would spell the end of Pink Floyd for about four years and put the nail in the coffin of Roger Waters ever being a full-time member of the band again. Mm -hmm. The entire album was written by Waters, the whole thing. Mm. He didn't really feel like he was getting, in interviews and stuff that I've read, Roger Waters didn't feel like he was getting... You know, a lot of help from the rest of the band on this. And the rest of the band is probably like, well, he wouldn't let us help. Well, him but then they say the rest of the band will come in and be like, well, I don't like if these songs weren't good enough, especially Gilmore. Right. They said that those two would argue if these songs weren't good enough to make it onto the wall. Why would what we, are we doing? With yeah. Them? Why would we put them on this album right. to which Roger Waters would say, OK, Dave, that's cool. What have you got? Yeah. And Dave would be like, oh, well, nothing. um, <laughs> nothing. You're like, okay, then, you know, shut up. This is what we have to work with. <laughs> this is what we're doing then, you know, and to, we ain't got five years to wait around for you to come up with something. That's so, you know, and even, even Gilmore said he looked back on the, those times and, yeah, that was kind of true. You know, he felt, you know, kind of guilty about being lazy like that, you know, yeah. and not contributing as much. You know, the, uh, Rogers had already fired right by that time. He's out of the band. And Gilmore and Mason were pretty much used sparingly during the recording. You know, you're not in, get to hit the road you know and Gilmore would be like call me if you need me to do a solo I guess <laughs> this is one that Gilmore does appear on though and like I said this is absolutely my favorite Pink Floyd song I love this oh, one yeah? comes off the final cut in 1983 just a, I don't know there's something about it the, the bass in this guitar you know Iron Maiden might have heard some of this and been like whoa listen to that galloping bass it's <laughs> badass so here it is for you right now the last album done with Roger Waters with Pink Floyd and this is a tune it was actually a single so you're gonna like this it's called Not Now John
dig it too, man. That's awesome. That's like one of the heavier things you've ever heard them do. Totally cool. You know, strange title. Some people would call the uh, final, uh, the final cut, either Roger Waters' best solo album <laughs> or Pink Floyd's worst album. I disagree. I like the pros and cons of hitchhiking, and I think the Endless River is a pile of steaming yeah, garbage. It's the worst. Totally worst. Yeah, That's the worst album. It was, I mean, I'll, or just release it with for diehards only on the top, on the cover. Right. Yeah. I mean, even something like that, if you're going to say, okay, well, we're going to go back and take this old music, why not at this point, you know, do something with Roger Waters again? Why not? They can't get along. You know, they, I think they could try. try. Well, people have made multi million dollar offers for them to do something together, but both of them are just like, no, I don't want to work with the other guy. And I got the impression with some of the stuff that I was reading that when it came down to the split, yeah. With between those guys, the reason Ezrin went with Gilmore we, is basically because it'd be so much easier to produce this album than it would be to try to produce whatever crazy kind of thing Roger Waters has got going yeah, on I, in his mind yeah. and get onto tape. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a for if you're a diehard Pink Floyd fan listening to this, I don't know shit about Pink Floyd compared to you. But we do know they have a heavier side. They do, but I but the impression I get from all the stuff that I have read. Is Roger Waters is painfully difficult to work with, and you know I don't know I don't know if I get that vibe from it so much is that he's such he's he's got so much going on in his head that it's hard to translate into reality, no, and so he has a hard time getting people to see what he's trying to do. He's not known for compromising. <laughs> I mean that's really what yeah. it is. But then again, David Gilmore isn't either. So I, right? I, I think there's probably equal fault. I think on it that. goes both ways on this. But either way, they they put out some damn good music yes. over the years, and we're here to enjoy it today. And my next pick features both of these guys, and this is uh, this is probably I'm not a giant Pink Floyd fan, but this is probably my favorite album of theirs. Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is from the Animals album in 1977. It was their 10th studio album released in January of that year. See, Pink Floyd wasn't uh, trying to release no disco in 77. No. no. Um, it was a concept album. Big surprise, I know. Um, provides a scathing... Go with what you're good, with, good a, at. A scathing critique of the social political conditions of the late 70s in Britain and uh, presents a marked change in musical style from the earlier work. Animals were, was recorded at the band studio Britannia Row in London, but its production was punctuated by early signs of discord that three years later would culminate in keyboardist Richard Wright leaving the band. The album's cover image, a pig floating between two chimneys on Battersea Power Station, was conceived by bassist and writer Roger Waters. That's such a cool cover. And it was photographed by longtime collaborators Hypnosis. And uh, the album was released to generally positive reviews in the UK, where it reached number two. It's also a success in the US, reached number three on the Billboard 200. Also scored on the American charts for only six months. Steady sales have resulted in its certification by the Recording Industry Association of America at four times platinum. Hmm. Um, this song that you're about to hear was originally titled Raving and Drooling, but it wound up in, on animals known, only known as sheep.
That's an epic. Yeah, it's pretty like uh, some amazing guitar work. Yeah, that really song. good. And it, the song really takes you to different places throughout. That's another one too, where I think Roger Waters' bass playing kind of gets forgotten a little bit too, because yeah. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing with his bass guitar, all these guys, really. I mean, to really sit down and listen to some of this stuff like this, you really have to appreciate the musicianship that went into Pink Floyd. And I know that's always been one of their draws, and that's why people love them so much. But right. to hear them rock it out a little bit and do it so well makes yeah. me wish they'd have done a little more of this in their career. Well, it's cool when they would stretch themselves a little bit and, yeah. and kind of let the musicianship shine through a little bit for a while. But, uh, yeah, they were I mean, amazing musicians. It's pretty awesome. All right, I got one more for you before we uh, kind of get wrapping this up a little bit here. We got we still got a little time for a little bit more. We always got room for more Pink Floyd, especially when we're showing the heavier side. Yeah. But this one comes from, we'll jump back a little bit to 1971 and the Metal album. I like this album. This is pretty cool, and this is the uh, the opening track on this, and it's the only Nick Mason vocal, if yep. you want to call it that. One of these days, I'm going to cut you into little pieces. You got to love this. Crank it up. It's weird. It's trippy, but, man, when it kicks in, it's going to kick you in the ass. This is Pink Floyd with One of These Days. Thank you. 
That's a trippy tune. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's weird. I could just imagine like sitting with my eyes closed and you know, bag of mushrooms or you know, <laughs> <laughs> something, and just wow, you know, yep. the, the effects and all that stuff. You know, all these songs. Sheep is like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so cool. This episode, we should do a like a disclaimer. You know, sit in a dark room and put your headphones on right. and enjoy this. Don't eat any mushrooms before you listen to that no, episode of the of Decibel Geek Podcast. <laughs> This album, this will trip you out. But no, yeah, metal's a really good album. Um, okay, yeah. so I've got one more. I think we're all getting a better appreciation for Pink Floyd today. Yeah, it's it's cool to do it because it's it's one of those bands you typically wouldn't expect us to explore, but you can't deny their place in you know rock history. So it's kind of you know it the the heavier side of concept is perfect for them. Totally. And there's other bands we're planning on doing this with also. Yep, this is your compromise since we're not quite ready to do a yes one yet. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's in the works. Um, but no, there's a, there's a number of bands we want to do this. You're never going to hear the heavier side of Metallica because that's easy. Right, no. It's got to be a challenge. Because they're all heavy, yeah. So um, I've got another one and then we're going to do something special. Um, and this is, uh, we had talked about a momentary lapse of reason earlier in the show, so I don't need to give you too much of the, the background on that one. Uh, other than I, I don't think you mentioned it was recorded primarily on David Gilmore's converted houseboat, the Astoria. Oh yeah, that thing's cool looking. Yeah, and you know there was the whole legal dis- the whole legal dispute was going on at the time, and um, it did receive mixed reviews. Was derided by Roger Waters. Of course it was. <laughs> um, Pink Floyd can't survive without me. What yeah, are you silly. But the tour the tour was huge for this 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 album, um, and this album has been certified quadruple platinum in the U.S. And uh, the song I'm about to play for you has uh, sound bites from the film Casablanca. Oh, yeah. This is Pink Floyd from A Momentary Lapse of Reason, 1987, with yet another movie. 
man. That David Gilmore had a lot to lose on that one, but man, he came through. He really did, you know. And that goes beyond to say, how powerful is a band's name? You know, who's got the name and who carries on is very important. Right. But with or without the name, you got to deliver the goods to be able to go out on tour and get the kind of numbers he got. And man, he did it. You know, whether Roger Waters liked it or not, he yeah, sure did. They did um, a live album and video at the time it was a VHS, but called A Delicate Sound of Thunder that came out yeah. after this. And that was one of the best concert videos I've ever seen. I remember that. That's very cool. Yeah, it's iconic with the big circle of yeah, light and all that stuff. Amazing stage show. Yeah, if you ever had the chance to see them, you were lucky because they were, they were great live. Okay. So I guess you probably noticed that we've gotten to this point in the show exploring the heavier side of Pink Floyd, and we have not even touched on the wall. Right. You know, we kind of thought we'd save that to the end because, you know, the stuff on the wall is some of Pink Floyd's heavier and darkest yeah. the stuff that they've ever come out with. I could with. have picked four, at least four songs just off this one album. I think that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Close to it. So let's talk about the wall a little bit. Yeah. Um, was released November 30th, 1979, was their 11th studio album. The last one that they released with the classic lineup with Gilmore, Waters, R Wright, and Mason. Yeah. And uh, releases a double album on in November of 79, was supported by a tour with elaborate theatrical effects, adapted into, a, of course, everyone knows, the 1982 feature film Pink Floyd. Or that's, Pink Floyd the Wall. Yeah, that's something that when we were kids, we used to, you know, take mind-altering substances and yeah. watch that sort of thing, and it would melt your mind. Your cortex would be changed after yeah. that. And if you don't know, if you haven't seen The Wall, um, and the, or you don't know the story behind the album, it's a rock opera, and it follows Pink, a character whom Roger Waters modeled after himself and Sid Barrett. Yeah. Um, Pink's life begins with the loss of his father during the Second World War and continues with abuse from his school teachers and overprotective mother and the breakdown of his marriage, all imposed, all continue to eventual self-imposed isolation from society. It's insane. Represented by a metaphorical wall. If i never even seen it before, just on your description, I know this is insane. It's crazy shit. It is and, crazy. And uh, Roger Waters conceived the album during their the 1977 In the Flesh tour, when his frustration with the audience became so acute that he imagined a wall between the audience and the stage. How metal is that? That is freaking metal right there. I hate my audience so bad, I'd rather build a wall in between us. Or he's just a prick. But no, 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 anyway. Um, I don't no, know. No, I read a thing where he said that, you know, it all culminated in like 77 on that tour, and they were playing in Montreal, I think, yeah. at the Olympic Stadium. And, you know, he's like, when you're playing a, a situation like that, you only see really the first few the rows. First few rows. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, there's some people there that are Pink Floyd fans that are there to really see the show and really enjoy the music. And then you got some guys that just want to be there and drink beer and start fights and shit like that. You know, and he said, I was playing that show that night and I look over and there's this guy down in the front row. And, you know, there's a bunch of people around that are interested in the show and interested in the music. But this guy's interested in starting a riot. Right. So I spit on them <laughs> and that's where the whole concept kind of comes from <laughs> i need a wall so i don't spit on people <laughs> right so i don't get in trouble for spitting so at least there's a wall between us i'd and, like to spit on you if it weren't for this damn wall right and you know of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention bob ezrin's involvement in the album yeah i uh, know he you know had built up his resume with alice cooper and of course kiss and pink floyd brings him on for this and i think honestly bring Gave them arguably their biggest sounding album. Well, I mean, obviously, this was the album that gave Bob Ezrin his big break to work with Kiss on the Elder. Ugh. <laughs> 
I should hate this album for that fact alone. Because that was Kiss trying to pull off the same thing. Right, yeah, but we've said it a million times. Kiss is not Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd is not Kiss. They should not intermingle their genres. This would be the same thing as Pink Floyd trying to do a shout it out loud type anthem. It wouldn't right. fucking work. No, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so, but yeah, I should hate the album just for that. But no, it's for Pink Floyd. It's a huge sounding album. It's ambitious. And it is overblown. But for them, it worked. Right, they're one of the few bands that could do something like that and pull it off. It's like the I Who just, with ha- with Tommy. Yeah, another band couldn't put out Tommy, and no. it wouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah, you'd look at it like Saucy Jack from Spinal Tap. You'd laugh at it. But if Pink Floyd would have came out with the Elder, we'd be like, "That's the greatest." This this whole well, episode is dedicated to that album. Oh fuck, Pink that. Floyd, the music from the Elder. I'd like it better if it was Pink Floyd doing that song. I think I would too. It would make sense then. It would make sense. You're right. I just remember being a young kid and being a Kiss fan and liking those four minute songs, you know, three four yeah. minute songs and all that, and then hearing this for the first time on the double LP fold out, looking at the artwork and all right. that stuff before ever seeing the movie movie you know the only thing known about it is how the giant poster at my uncle bruce's house scares the hell out of me and <laughs> you know but i remember listening to this and thinking man this is so much different than what i normally listen to but it's it's so weird but it's so cool and the right. guitars sound so good and and in parts it's really heavy and in other parts it's dark but in a different way and man an album that's got a little bit of something for everybody sure. and i hope that at this point everybody's probably heard this album no, not everybody has. Well, if you haven't, we're going to give you a chance today. A good chunk of it. Are you ready to get to get into this big old chunk of Pink Floyd? Well, because these are songs that we all, when Aaron and I were going back and forth trying to pick stuff, we we're like, well, I like this one, I like this one, and I like this one. Yeah. So it was like, well, why don't we just play all three of them? Right, because this is a big old piece, and with when it comes to Pink Floyd, the wall, it's almost hard to draw that line where the songs end and begin. So let's not draw it. So let's not draw no lines. And Pink. Just- Pink Floyd wouldn't want us to draw no lines. They'd be disappointed in us if we did. So from 1979's The Wall, what a great album. Here's a big old piece for you. Combine a bunch of our picks together. We're going to start with In the Flesh and run it all the way down through for to Waiting for the Worms and... I mean, these songs are amazing. Yep. You know, I love the stomp and the hammers, hammers, and all that. You know, and run like hell. You you can hear that on radio, it's but it's a great, it's a great song all the way around. And in the flesh, a great way to run it all in. So, I hope you guys. I know Chris and I, we worked really hard for this one. Yeah, we did. We really did, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you weren't a Pink Floyd fan before, I Maybe hope you, you, are now. you give them a good chance. And if you want to purchase some Pink Floyd music, hey, you got to help them out. They're still out there. You know, they deserve it. They've created this art for us to enjoy, and we're helping bring it to you. So go through the Decibel Geek link at decibelgeek.com. Takes you right to Amazon. Gets you some Pink Floyd music to enjoy whenever you want. It's all yours. So in the meantime, we're going to ride on out of here with this one. You're going to love it. It's a big old chunk of Pink Floyd for you, and we'll see you next week. See ya.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 